If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. Let me give you a little bit of background. I like to do that. First and Second Kings were originally one unbroken book, formed as a sequel to First and Second Samuel. And the book is an interesting book. It's about its namesake. It's about kings. Its author is unknown, but it's normally attributed to the prophet Jeremiah. And Second Kings covers a period of about 300 years but it's a very tumultuous time. It really is. Uh, there was struggle from within uh, the uh, kingdom of Judah and Israel, and there were pressures from without. And so in the book of Kings, it's a very, very dark moment in the history of God's people, the Israelites, which would eventually lead to the eventual collapse and captivity of the, northern, the southern nation of Judah, and the northern nation of Israel. And there was at that time a prophet, a great prophet in the land by the name of Elijah. And as we come to 2 Kings chapter 1, Elijah is getting ready to leave the earth. And he has this uh, uh, a servant or an assistant who has served him by his side faithfully by the name of Elisha. Now I'm going to read starting in 2 Kings verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And so they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophet who were at Bethel came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And so they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And Elisha answered and said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. In today's vernacular, in other words, shut up. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And so the two of them went on. And the 50 men of the sons of the prophet went and stood facing them at a distance. Well, the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water. It divided this way and that. So the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Now that's an interesting story. It's, it, it really is. It's and it's quite a time for both Elijah and Elisha. For Elijah, it's a very exciting time. I mean, he knows where he's going. But for Elisha, he's about to enter a new phase in his life. I mean, and he doesn't know what's about to happen to him. I mean, he has served, Elisha has served Elijah for eight to ten years. And... Um, but now he could be out of a job and he was relatively young 
when Elijah came and laid his mantle on him. So he's still a relatively young man. He faces an unknown future. What does he do? Does he go back to farming? I mean, that's where he was when Elijah found him. Or does he take up another occupation? And like I said, he was still a relatively young man. And if he goes home, what's his parents going to say? How many, see I told you so, is he going to have to hear? What are the people going to say? So he's got faces and a new phase in his life, an uncertain time. And, and you know what? There's a lot of us who often find ourselves in a position like Elisha. We're going through a new phase in our life. Maybe it's a certain birthday. Maybe it's when we turn 30 or, or 50. You know, my daughter earlier in 2023 called me very emotional on the phone. She was going through a very, very, very traumatic time in her life. And I finally got it out of her and she said she was turning 50. And that might be a traumatic time. Um, it might be a New Year's resolution that we've made. It, it could be starting a new job, new phase in our life. It could mean getting married. For a young person, it could mean graduating from high school or it could mean going off to college. For an adult, it could mean starting a new business in their middle age. Or it could mean maybe going back to school for some reason. Maybe it's a God-given dream that you've decided to pursue. Or maybe you've heard a Bible message or a teaching and you've decided to go deeper with your relationship with the Lord. And so, this is a new time in your life, a, a time when your future is uncertain. And questions arise. What, what am I going to do? What are going to people think? What happens if I fail? Now, this is a wonderful story because Elisha faced resistance, opposition. And whenever we decide to step out and do something new, something different, we're going to face opposition. We're going to face resistance. But you know what? It might surprise you where that resistance comes from. And the first place you're going to see that that resistance comes from is normally it may come from those closest to you. It may come from family members. It may come from friends. It may even come from the mentor. Uh, go with me to 2 Kings. Look at verse chapter 2. Look at verse 2. Now Elijah has served Elijah for almost 8 to 10 years. Every day. Day in and day out he served him. But look at verse 2. They're at Gilgal. And Elijah says to Elisha, Stay here please for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. Look at verse 4. They're at Bethel. Then Elijah says to him, Elisha, stay here please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. Look at verse 6. So he's at Jericho, then Elijah says to him, Elisha, stay here please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. 
Notice this. Three times the one closest to him is trying to get him to quit, to stop, to turn back. And the Bible gives us no reason in the world why Elijah decided to do that. None at all. And I mean, why would he do that? I mean, Elisha has served him faithfully all these years. All these years. Surely, Elijah would have at least passed on to Elisha his ministry or, or at least provided some direction to help Elisha continue on and make that transition a lot easier after Elijah was gone. But that's not the case. He doesn't. Listen, oftentimes when you face resistance in your life, there's not going to be any reason at all for it. And they won't give one. They'll just tell you, well, you can't do that. Or, you're or, or oftentimes, the reasons they give are very varied. Well, you've never done that before. You don't know what you're doing. You're not experienced enough. You don't have enough money. What are you going to do if you fail? This has never been done before. And on and on and on and, and on. Now let me say this. All resistance isn't bad. If you deal with it correctly, it can produce tenacity in you to, to continue on. But one bad thing that resistance does produce is fear. And fear can cause us to give up, to turn away from our goals. To give up on our dreams. To quit trying. And when we fail and when we quit trying, we get a wrong view, a tainted view of ourselves and our abilities. Listen, just because you've tried something and failed doesn't mean you are a failure. Let me say that again. Just because you tried something and it didn't succeed does not mean you're a failure. I'm about to turn 80. And I, and I wish I could tell you you're looking at the perfect man who's never failed. I'd like to tell you that, but I'd be lying. Just because somebody makes a bad move doesn't mean they're dumb. And resistance many times can produce in us where we have a wrong view of ourselves. But you know what's wonderful about Elisha? Elisha wasn't about to give up. Look at this. Verse 2, they're in Galgil, Galgil, Gil Gilgal. Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. They go to Bethel. Verse 4, Elijah says to Elisha, stay here. God sent me on to Jericho. Elisha, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they go to Jericho. Same thing, same story, same scene over and over again. Same song, third verse. Stay here. I'm going on. 
As your soul lives, I'll not give up. Now, the second place you're going to find resistance coming is from some well-meaning Christian people. Maybe cheap, even people that go to the same church you go to or some other church. But they're religious and their reasons are almost the same as non-religious people. Well, you've never done, they just put a little twist on it. Well, you've never done this before. You're not experienced. What if you fail? How do you know this is really what God wants you to do? Well, you've never been to Bible school or to seminary. And on and on and on. Let's, let's just look at, um, let's look at verse 3. Now we know in verse 2, Elijah's told him, Elijah's told him, don't. But now look at verse 3. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take your master from over you today? Verse 5. They go to, they go to, uh, to look at this. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? Religious people. And excuse my imagination, but I can't help but think that maybe in Elisha's case with the sons of the prophet, there was an underlining biting sarcasm, a hint of Ridicule, a causticity in their speech. I mean, after all, they'd they'd been to Bible school. Elisha was just a farmer when God called him. What do you know about God, so to speak? A not so hidden air of maybe superiority. Maybe a, we know more than you. We hear from God, but how can you? And then in verse 7, And fifty men of the sons of the prophet went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by Jericho. I wonder, I wonder, and again, forgive my, my imagination, but I wonder if they wanted to see what was going to happen, not only to this great prophet Elijah, but maybe a little bit to gloat over this farmer that Elisha had chosen and hoping maybe one of them would become Elijah's successor. Whenever failure happens in others, let me say this, if we're not careful, we can have a tendency sometimes to feel superior and, 
as if to say this would never happen to me or I would never be that dumb or it's the kind of people who even today and I've been guilty of it in the past who criticized Peter for for getting out of the boat and beginning to walk on water and then he sinks <laughs> but did it ever occur to you that at least he walked on water and not only that but then he was holding Jesus' hand and he walked on water back to the boat <laughs> what a thrill I don't know about you, but it would be worth having wet clothes just to have that experience. Whenever, whenever you decide to move forward in your life, whether it's in a God-given dream or you want more in your relationship with God, you're going to face resistance. And regrettably, some of it's not going to be very Christ-like. Don't. Be an Elisha. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit growing in your relationship with God. Don't stop. Look, look what happened to Elisha. I stopped in verse 8. Let's start in verse 9. And so it was when they had crossed over. Now, we know that in verse 8, Elijah struck the water and it parted. And so it was when they had crossed over the Jordan River that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what you may, what I may, what may I do for you before I am taken away? And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Hey, listen, let me stop right here. Don't be afraid to don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid. You know, I, I a thought just occurred to me. I think I was 50 or 55 and Sherry and I had been married 20, 30 years. And one day she came to me and she said, "Oh, and I I just want to I just want you to know that I'm very proud of you." I said, well, okay, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, what did I do? She said, you're not afraid to try. She said, you're just, you just get out there and you're not afraid to try. Church, listen, if God's put in you something, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't be afraid to try. Let's go on. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may do for you before I am taken away from you. And Elisha says, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And Elijah said, You have made a great claim against me. Nevertheless, if you see me, when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. Let me go on. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. 
And so Elisha saw Elijah no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. In those days, that's the way you express sorrow. You tore your clothes, you were in great sorrow. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. I love this part. And then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from Elijah, and he struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also struck the water, it divided this way and that, so Elisha crossed over. In that moment of time, in that moment of time, when Elisha took that mantle and struck the water and the water parted, you know what the Lord was saying? I honor your faithfulness. I honor your consistency. You've been faithful. I'm faithful to you. The Bible is, is full of how God honors faithfulness. Proverbs 28 and 20. God, uh, God re, a faithful man abounds in the blessings of the Lord. Hebrews tell us that God rewards those who are diligent. Uh, Psalm 37 and 8. When we delight ourselves in the Lord. When we consistently are consistent and faithful. He gives us the desires of our heart. Proverbs 22 and 9. Do you see a man diligent and skillful in his business? He will stand before kings. God honored Elisha's faithfulness just as he honored him. God will honor your faithfulness if you don't quit, if you don't give up. Oh, but brother, you don't know how long. It doesn't matter. I'm sure that journey from, Bethel, from, Bethel, from Gilgal to Bethel seemed, seemed like an eternity. And from Bethel to Jericho, I'm sure that seemed like an eternity. God will honor your faithfulness if you do not give up. Don't give up. When you refuse to give up on your God-driven dreams, when you don't bow to the pressure, when you don't give up, when you don't give in, when you don't compromise what God's put in your heart, God rewards that. But look what else what happens. Then he took the mantle of Elijah and had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, it divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Now, when the religious people, no, I'm sorry, when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. And then they said to him, look now, there are 50 strong men with your servants. In other words, when you refuse to give up, when you refuse to give in, when you don't bow to the pressure to give up or give in, to compromise what God's put in your heart, 
even the harshest of critics will recognize that God is with you. Even the harshest of critics will not be able to deny that God is with you. And when Elisha struck the water and it parted for him, when you are faithful and not to quit, to give in, the Bible says you'll see the presence of the Lord come on the scene. And the greatest of naysayers will say, the Lord is with them. The Lord is with them. And God will bless you beyond anything you could have imagined. Anything that you could have imagined. Let's pray. Lord, you are a faithful God. And Lord, there are people here this morning and, and listening to the podcast who God... Maybe some of them have quit. Maybe they've given up on that dream or that, that you've put inside of them. Maybe they've given up on that, that promise to go deeper in you, to serve you whatever you want. Maybe they've given up on that dream to start a new business or, or go back to school or whatever it may be. But you know what, God? You're a God of second and third and fourth chances. We could ask Moses. We could ask David. We could ask Peter. We could ask Paul. Lord, I can even testify to that. Lord, let us this morning. Lord, let us just say, God, Give strength in me with might by your spirit in my inner man. God, let us just pick up the mantle where we left it and say, I'm going forward. And God, you reward that. You are faithful. What a wonderful God you are. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.